Hi, everybody. It's Kim. And Erica. And we're back today to talk about expectations and control. Boy, it is a new year coming. And even though there's this great vibe and I love it and I'm feeling the energy, um, what I'm finding right now in the past week especially is that I have to manage my expectations and things that I am trying to control um, story you, of my life. So what do you think about that? <laughs> Good topic today? I think so, actually. Um, <laughs> yes, apropos as always, Miss Kim. Yeah. Um, it is uh, control and expectation has been, as I mentioned, it's a story of my life trying to find balance between having high expectations and wanting to do things and accomplish things and and wanting to be successful and move the needle, but then also letting others have the opportunity to experience you know, leadership or challenge or struggle or success themselves versus, oh, I'll just do it myself. Um, that's kind of, uh, that's, that, that tends to be my MO. So this is a great topic. I've had some really re- interesting recent experiences with this um, personally, professionally. So this is a great topic today. So awesome. Awesome idea, Kim. And I think it's something everyone struggles with. I mean, I, if you haven't mastered boy, please write us an email and tell us how you did it because (laughs) I, um, we could use supporters. (laughs) I don't know a single person that has mastered, uh, any of this sort of information. So what I find on expectations and I guess why it's relevant to me at this moment um, like this morning was just one of those crazy mornings. It, everything <laughs> felt like, the, like I just felt like I was, you know, um, spinning the plates on all of the rods. Right. And I'm just making sure that they're all, they're all spinning and they're all going. And it just felt completely overwhelming this morning. And, um, it really brought me back to my yoga practice cause I had to, uh, really just stop and do some deep breathing and really just calm that hectic feeling down. And I think some of it, um, what brings me to expectations is the fact that I'm in a house with three other people and there's... And two dogs and a cat. <laughs> and two dogs and a cat and the chicken is hanging on there outside. <laughs> but um, it, it, it really made me have to check my expectations Um, because I'm like, why am I running around crazy train and everyone's just slowly going through their paces? Um, I know nothing about that. (laughs) I know nothing about that experience. You know, and and it really, I do think it was checking in with my expectations um, because that's what made it crazy. Everything that I encountered, I'm like, um, expecting, you know, my husband just had, it was actually really nice. He had a slow morning. Usually he is up and running out the door and he had a slow morning. And so it was interesting that I created expectations on the fact that he was actually here. It was so strange, right? Right. Um, because on one hand I was enjoying the fact um, that he could have a slower morning and he actually had a cup of coffee before he ran out the door and, and he just was in this nice, relaxed, slow pace, which is wonderful for him. But 
my expectations. It didn't match with my typical morning. Right. And so I was almost bouncing off him with expectations saying, well, wait a minute. You're here. You can make the lunches. You're here. You could help with picking up dog poop. You're here. You and I and and so I had to check myself, you know. And it is really fascinating because you just have to be real about what is going on and what is making your day crazy. Yeah, I definitely experienced that uh, often. Um, I have my my own son. And he lives, you know, in my home most of the time. He spends some time with his dad. But then um, my husband, we have, he has two boys. And so we have two boys, um, are my two older boys, who are with us 50% of the time. And so when we have everybody together in the house, you know, three boys, one big dog, one cat, both my husband and I, it can get really overwhelming. And I certainly, even this past weekend, when we had a long weekend, and so there was no school on Monday, and I had a similar experience where I like legit got triggered because, you know, there's a lot more people in the house, the house is messy, the couch had been moved over because the boys were wrestling, it was like blocking the door, there's, you know, we have this kind of deal where I do the laundry, but then it all goes on the dining room table and they have to sort it and then put it away and just mountains of laundry and, you know, dishes. And I mean, the house was a disaster and I'm trying so hard just to be Zen about it and be like, okay, you know, let them have, it's a day off. They're having fun. The boys are getting along like hallelujah. And like, let's let that be the thing. And then, and my husband, similar to you, was taking like a staycation weekend where he was just gonna tune off the stress of work and other things. He fell asleep on the couch in front of the fire, you know, in the middle of the day while reading and doing his crossword puzzle. And God bless him. Like, how awesome for him to be able to do that. Yes. And what's my response? Well, what about the laundry? (laughs) Wake him up, you know? And I really struggled with, no, let him be. Let it. Let everyone have their time. Mm-hmm. But my expectation and what I wanted to accomplish was that the dishes are done and the house is in order and the laundry is taken care of and you shouldn't be napping until all of your work is done and really fighting with my urge to passive-aggressively or aggressive-aggressively like tell people what they need to be doing And then, you know, balancing that out with allowing people, you know, of course there are chores, they need to be done, everyone participates in the house, but does it have to be done on my schedule, right? Because I, because it's making me nutty, does that mean that you have to drop, do what your, you know, your experience of napping on the couch for once? You know, those types of things I really struggled with in terms of my own expectation of what our household should look like. And what the day should look like and what how we all operate together versus these four other opinions mm-hmm. on what they wanted their day and time to look like. <clears throat> and so that's been a really interesting challenge for me personally and one that I definitely experienced this weekend. Um, so you're, you know, this topic is super on point for me, um, figuring out, well, what is that for me and why do I need to impose that on other people? And where is the balance between parenting and expectations that are appropriate 
And then when are my expectations inappropriate and suit and I'm trying to supersede other people's experience because I want to control the situation. Um, and that makes me calm, Mm -hmm. right? But that's my issue, not theirs. So, so I think what's interesting is, you know, there, there, I'll, I'll have to look it up and actually put it in footnotes, but there was an article that came out a little while back about, um, moms specifically at home and the fact that clutter in our homes actually creates anxiety. Absolutely. Right. So if you look at that scenario and even my scenario this morning, we have those anxiety spikes because the to-do list, we can't outrun it, right? Right. It just is getting longer and longer as we're trying to cut off the bottom. Right. And, and it, there's no way to relax in that scenario. I mean, there is, but, and that's why I think this topic is really interesting. If we can stop for a minute, check our expectations, check what we're trying to control, but we're also fighting that anxiety response. Right. Because we have to just accept and let go of the circumstances. Right. So it takes a lot of awareness to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I, I, you know, personally, I tend to get kind of triggered about it all. And I'm trying to allow, you know, people the time and space to do their, you know, responsibilities at their own time and and pace, you know, but then my anxiety is spiking and I'm trying to control it. So I'm like, well, okay, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I'm feeling like I could potentially get really grumpy here mm-hmm. with the people that I love. So what can I do differently? So maybe I go for a run. Maybe I just grab my laptop and go in my bedroom and shut the door and put on HGTV and watch a, some kind of a home renovation show just to take <laughs> my mind off it. Because you know what? Gosh darn it, if everybody else is chilling out, why shouldn't I? Yeah. Why do I need to be the one who's running around picking up the glasses from every single surface that we have in our house? You know, why can't I just chill out? And my husband will beg that question. He's like, just come in here and read your book. Let it be. It will be fine. It will be there tomorrow. We will get it done. We'll organize a time for all of us to do our stuff right now. Let's just relax. Mm-hmm. And that is a really hard task for me when there's chaos surrounding my home environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm the only one that seems to be bothered by it. <laughs> so. And I think that's because you, like we feel the responsibility ultimately falls on our plate as far as the checklist. Right. right? So it's, it's taking advantage of, <laughs> part of it is, oh my gosh, I have help to like knock some things on my list. Right. <clears throat> but um, it's not the time or place to do it. And on the weekends, yeah, it, it, I think it probably comes down to some, some communication. Yeah. Right? And, Absolutely. And setting those expectations of, hey, let's have Saturday be the fun, fun day. chill day. And I can buy into that yep. if we all agree that two hours Sunday on afternoon. Sunday or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to get our, our work done. Yeah. They're um, one of my all time favorite. Well, growing up as a kid, I loved the Berenstain Bears books. <laughs> just loved them. My mom used to read them to me, and I just loved them. 
So I read them to my son when he was little, and my fa and I still remember this one one of the books as a child. And then I remember reading it again to my son and thinking, "Oh, this is subversive and awesome." <laughs> so it's my favorite book. Basically, Mama Berenstain Bear gets fed up with I know, all the housework, <laughs> and there is you know there's you know. You know, the dog poop on the floor and the dishes and the towels and the, you know, and Papa Bear wants to go fishing and Brother Bear wants to go play a sports and Sister Bear is outside doing her thing. And Mama Bear is looking around like, wait a minute, I want to go do stuff too. So she decides to go on strike. Mama Bear and Sister Bear totally goes on strike. And she's like, I'm going to go to my gardening workshop and I'm gonna, I think it's quilting or knitting. I'm gonna go to my quilting and knitting group and literally stops doing everything around the house. Mm -hmm. And the dishes pile up. There's like little flies that they've drawn in and <laughs> there's dog poop on the floor that no one has picked up and the towels are all moldy. And sooner or later, the whole family starts to look around like, Gosh, this is gross. We're living in a pigsty. And Mama Bear is just like, bye, I'll see you guys later. And they're like, wait, where are you going? What, who's going to do the dishes? And who's going to do all the things? And finally, Papa Bear and Brother Bear and Sister Bear get together. And they're like, whoa, we've really been taking advantage of mama bear and maybe we should do some of this we should pitch in so they they of course do they like get to work and they clean everything up and mama bear comes home and you know they have a whole discussion about responsibilities and expectations but they have that communication piece mm -hmm. of i think this gets back to a topic that we talk about often in terms of you know, communication within your life and asking for what you need and, and communicating with people how their behavior impacts you, which also allows you to say, you know, hey, these are, these are the things that are important to me and here's why I react the way I act around them. So that, you know, uh, the lesson from the Berenstain Bears at the end of the day is talk to your family about that rather than seething you know, with contempt that you're the only one doing anything around the house mm -hmm. and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I love your suggestion about we're going to have fun on Saturday or we're going to have fun all week and on Saturday, but on Sunday, we're going to take care of our business. Or you have these particular chores that you need to accomplish in, you know, by Wednesday, and I'm going to back off from nagging you about it, <clears throat> but it's still your job to get it done. And that all lies in good family communication um, and not expecting people to be mind readers and setting clear expectations that are reasonable and, and allowing people the space to do their jobs themselves, right? Which is something I don't do well because I just have the... Oh, I'll just do it any, I'll just do it. I'll just take care of it and do it. I'll do it better. Um, we're struggling with that right now. I mean, it sounds really silly, but you know, my husband's being really good with kind of calming my OCD about it. But you know, one of the tasks is the boy, one of the boys every month we rotate, but one of the boys has to unload the dishwasher. 
And of course they don't unload the dishwasher and put everything back where I would want to put it back. Mm -hmm. My Tupperware situation (laughs) is like full on chaos. Like a bomb exploded in the Tupperware (laughs) situation, which personally really triggers me and drives me crazy when I open the door and the lids are not matched to the, I mean, for whatever reason, it just sets me off. And my husband was like, baby steps. Mm -hmm. They're unloading the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. The Tupperware is in the right space. Yes. Maybe next year we'll get to telling them how to how to put it together so it's organized. Yeah. So check yourself a little bit. Yeah. And be grateful that they're actually unloading the dishwasher. One more task you don't have to do. So managing those expectations for me instead of being like, "Well, just screw it, I'll do it myself," because then I end up doing everything. Right. And it and it it's the sort of thing that um starts with the baby. Right. So whenever I have a friend that's, you know, having their first child, um, my advice to them is always let the dad, your, let your husband put the diaper on wrong. Right. Like even, even if it leaks, even if what, it, let them put it on wrong and let them figure out eventually how the adjustments need to get made so that they can do it right. Because that's the standard right from the beginning. If you're like, well, I'm just going to do it and do it right. Then you're basically saying back off. Yep. I'm going to do all this and you just stand over there and observe. And you're setting that right, right at the beginning yeah. of becoming a family. And it, it, it's not good from yeah. then on. Yep. You know, I remember one of those, you know, this is a lesson I am learning over and over and over again um, because I'm, I'm clearly... Maybe I'm getting better at releasing the expectation and the control, but it is so deeply ingrained in my, you know, character <laughs> that uh, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to like, a hard habit to break. But I remember I used to run backpacking trips uh, when I was a teacher, and there was this gentleman who was one of the other adult leaders on these trips, and he was this kind of iconic. Zen, like he, I think he was the ceramics teacher and he had been there for years and he had kind of this, you know, hippie star status among the kids. And I loved the guy. His name was Cole Thompson. Cole, if you're out there, you're (laughs) awesome. And we were on these backpacking trips and I had a lot of experience, particularly cooking in the backcountry. And we would make one, one morning every year we would do this big trip. One of the mornings we would make pancakes for the kids. And, um, I had to admit I had figured out it had become quite the master at backcountry pancakes and making homemade syrup out of brown sugar and butter and all these other things. And they were on point and delicious. And we tried to, you know, our job was to teach the kids how to do this themselves so that they have the ability and the confidence to do it themselves. And I just could not (laughs) relinquish control because the pancakes were burnt or they're underdone or they're black on the outside and raw on the inside. And, you know, nobody, when you're out there and you need a hot breakfast, you know, you, you really want it to be good, right? You can't go through your day without being well fed. It makes everybody grumpy. So that was my caretaking. Mm-hmm. But I remember Cole Thompson came up to me once while I was doing the pancakes and he put his hand on my shoulder and he bent down and he whispered in my ear. He said, 
back away from the frying pan, Erica. I looked at him and he said, back away from the frying pan. Let them do it. Let them fail. Let them make a mess. Let it be a disaster. And then let them figure out how to make them great. Mm -hmm. They will never do that if you keep making the pancakes for them. And I remember like, I mean, of course, this is a huge aha moment. But man, it took a lot for me to be like, as much as I knew he was right, to actually back away from the frying pan. And I know it sounds silly, but relinquishing that control, even on that small level for me, that was a big deal. And they were a disaster and they tasted terrible and people were grumpy, but you know what? Everybody made it through and the kids learned how to do something or not, right? But again, it wasn't something I had to do again for everybody. I really love that story um, so much because there's so many things to weave into it. Um, Not only did you have to give up your expectations of what the pancakes looked like, but think of the kids that are afraid to fail and they're seeing what perfect pancakes look like and how simple it is for you. So they might not even try because they don't want to fail. Right. And they don't want their pancakes to look bad or be burned or whatever. So it's similar to, you know, all the cultural pressure that we have of what our homes are supposed to look like or what our li- what we're supposed to look like. And we're so afraid of doing it wrong that some of us just won't do it at right. all. Right. So the pancake story, that's really awesome um, because the kids that are brave enough or taught enough or encouraged... Yep. To do it wrong until it's until done they figure it acceptable. Out. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be perfect right. or right, you know, but it's acceptable. And um, <clears throat> that's kind of a funny story <laughs> because as we just did our kitchen remodel, I have been burning like a mad woman in, uh, in my stove and oven. And <laughs> I made my first batch of cookies and they're just totally charred on the bottom. And... I just served them up anyway. (laughs) I'm like, you know, they're edible. You just have to scrape the bottom off a little bit. Right. So my boys are, uh, they're funny. They're kind of used to me um, trying to make things not so perfect for them so that there's a little more, a little more window. Humanity. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, I fail. I, boy, and I, you know. You you look at it from emotions to just dealing with stuff. You know, there's we live a very imperfect life. Um, yeah, which, sometimes that's really intentional. Which is interesting in that um, you know this topic is kind of move as we're talking, moving into this kind of concept of our expectations of ourselves. I know for me personally, I definitely the more out of control I feel in external ways, the more desperately I try to grab onto the things that I perceive I can control. Mm -hmm. So when I'm feeling out of control or unsure or insecure about, you know, big things going on in my life, I clean my house, right? I organize, I, 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 I file, you know, I mean, I, I'll organize the desktop on my computer, you know, and like make special folders because those things are the things I can accomplish that actually feel like I'm putting things in order. And when 
I don't have order like that, it makes me so anxious. But the bigger question is, why am I feeling, you know, what's making me feel out of control? And why do I feel the need to get everything perfect Mm -hmm. in order to feel calm? Mm -hmm. Can I not feel calm with a little bit of chaos around me? What is that? And, and what am I driving toward? Like what, what is triggering me really on the macro level mm-hmm. that I can't take my husband's advice and just sit down and read a book with him by the fire when there are dishes in the sink? You know, what, what is that for me? And I think that's been a lifelong challenge that I'm constantly trying to turn my eye inward and, and answer those questions of, you know, what is it about me that I'm either running from, so I'm going to try to distract myself with order, um, and, and why can't I, you know, and, and it's not that I can't, and I feel like it's a failure, but just kind of having an objective perspective on like, oh, well, you, wow, you're getting really emotionally wrapped up in whether or not other people in their life are following your you know, along your anxieties. Mm-hmm. And do you really need to bring everybody along for the ride? <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Um, and is that really, is that really fair <laughs> to them? Um, you know, the answer is no, mm-hmm. but yet that doesn't stop me from trying to do it. And so I'm doing a lot of self-investigation on, well, what is that for me? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and can I, can I find a different outlet, um, and allow myself just to be calm? Is it because I want things to look perfect from the outside? And I don't want people to come over and see that my house is a mess or I don't, you know, I, 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 you know, is it a judgment call that I have that somehow I'm failing myself if my house doesn't look perfect? Mm-hmm. I actually recall when I was, uh, when my son was born, we went to this great mom and me group. Um, it was run by this woman named Gail Root and she was just the best. Um, this was in Monterey and there are a couple really sage pieces of advice that I took away from that mom and me. And I, I had a really, I went through postpartum depression. I had a really rough time with my son for the first year, but I remember one of her things, one of the things I, that she, she said that really called to me was invite your other mom friends over, but do not clean your house. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt, do not do the dishes. Do not pick up the crazy piles of laundry. Do not sweep the floor. Do not clean the yard. Do not leave your house exactly as it is and invite your friends over Mm -hmm. to just sit with your friends and be with them and, and enjoy your children. And then when you go over to another person's house, you know, they can't clean their house either. Mm-hmm. And really what it does, she's like, because if you spend all this time stressing out about making sure your house looks nice for people to come over when you have a newborn, mm-hmm. all it does is make your friends who come over and visit you feel insecure about, well, how come they can't do it all? Clearly she's got yeah. her whole life under control. <laughs> Look how clean her house is. Mm-hmm. And it's really about appearances versus the reality and like being open to being real about your fallibility mm-hmm. right um that's kind of what we're getting at and you were you were discussing this need for perfection and what is that need for perfection masking why are why do we feel the need to have that um so anyway i i, I think about that often um when i have people like i care about that doesn't mean you shouldn't pick up your house or you're having a big event you want to straighten it up Certainly for a big event. Yeah. I, 
I agree. So, so it's interesting. I'm going to find this or say this quote that I found. So I really like it. Um, the quote is, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine. So I really like that. And it's funny, the, the house thing, I mean, clearly that's our domain that we exist in so often. But um, my dad growing up could not go to bed with dishes in the sink. He would get up. If he knew there was a dish in there, he would get up, you know, 1 a.m. and go wash it so he could go back to bed. And um, so whenever I was with my dad, it was... There was such this level of um, stress in my life as a kid because things had to be in their places. So to experience the other end of it was really fascinating. And so I tried to slow my life down enough to remember that. Hmm. Um, you know, it. I think a good tool is to... You know, when you find your runaway expectations and you, when you find what those expectations are, think about if that person that you're expecting so much from were placing those expectations on you and how you would feel. Yeah. Right? It gets pretty heavy pretty quick. Yeah. And so it, it's really funny because I intentionally leave, I mean, you know, I'm not, not messy about it, but... Whenever I leave dishes in the sink, it is a practice and it's so intentional because I'm fighting that survivability control that hmm. go, that's going on from my childhood. Huh. I'm telling myself it's all okay and the dishes can be there and I'll do them in the morning. You know, again, it's not like to create this messy environment, no. but it's to, it's to check like who who's in control of me right. and it's not all these crazy expectations from my childhood that are going to control me and my behavior. So that's interesting because the flip side of that for me is that my parents growing up were, I mean, you know, my parents were both professionals. We had a lovely home. They kept a nice house. I mean, their, 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 our home environment was very normal and very, you know, everything was well taken care of. But my parents' priorities, I would like to say, are are really realistic and in check. For me as a kid, that stressed me out because I would be like, well, the toilet needs to be cleaned and clearly no one else is going to do it, so I'm going to do it <laughs> as a child. Uh -huh. And it's not like my mom never cleaned the toilet. Right. But, and my parents would joke Later, when I was a little older, they would, you know, I remember them saying to a boyfriend of mine once when I was like frenetically doing something and they were like, God, we didn't do that to her, did we? <laughs> and I keep thinking, well, maybe because they were so chill uh -huh. that, you know, they always joke around that your kids are the opposite of how you are, mm -hmm. right? So your dad was, was very, you know, very orderly. Mm -hmm. And then your, your practice is to not be that way and to not feel that pressure. And my parents were very chill. So then my response is to be super orderly. Not funny. Super yeah. funny. And yeah. so I, I feel like I grew up with this, well, I'm the only one that will do it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, clearly, I'm, I'm the one that's going to get it done. 
And which was interesting because the, my parents really never put those expectations on me. I put them on myself, mm -hmm. but that's how I operated in school. That's how I operated. You know, my parents would always say, Hey, chill out. You don't need to take five AP classes. Mm -hmm. You don't need to get straight A's. You need to do your best. And our expectation is that you try your hardest, but they never put any pressure on me to get straight A's or go to Harvard or do all the things that I have done and accomplished. That's all self-imposed. Mm -hmm. And so where that came from, I don't, my, my family will say is a complete mystery because mm -hmm. I'm an anomaly as far as the family goes. Um, but it is interesting to hear your perspective of that. It is a constant struggle for me. I am like your dad. Like it stresses me out beyond belief to have dishes in the sink when I go to bed mm -hmm. and I'm trying to, to not put that on. In fact, one of the practices I'm doing, these are all sound so silly <laughs> when I say them out loud, but it's real <laughs> stuff for me. It is good. No. And it, and it's relatable. To, it's real yeah, stuff. Absolutely. My, my husband and I had this whole discussion about our boys' bedrooms and is it their space or is it, is it, the space they occupy within my house. Mm -hmm. And my instinct, if I could rule the world, <laughs> is you are living in a space within the house that I control. Yeah. So your bed needs to be made in the morning. Your, your room needs to be picked up. Like these are the things you do to operate in, in life. Mm -hmm. So you're just, this is my expectation of you as a 10-year-old and as a 14-year-old. And... My husband was like, well, what if they're, they're different people than mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Should their rooms not on some level be their own domain? So they have a private space that they can go and feel like it's theirs. Right. And to me, my gut reaction is no. <laughs> but then, of course, I know that that's not really realistic. So I've tried to say to them, you know what? This is your space. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you how to keep it. Mm -hmm. However, there are a couple of things, right? If you, if you want laundry done, it needs to be in the laundry room, but I'm not, your laundry will be clean and it will be dry. Mm -hmm. But if you want to put it away, you can put it away. If you want to, if you're going to spread it all over the floor in your room, you can do that. But I'm also not going to help you find your soccer uniform, right? right? So yeah. if you don't know where it is, that's your problem. No, it, My it is. recommendation yeah. is you put it away so you know where it is. Yeah. They're old enough to get that. But that <clears> is like, I open the door and I'm like, Ugh. oh yeah. But, but think of flipping it the other way. Think if you were living in a house that was just chaos and you had a child who loved the fact that their bedroom was tidy. Yeah. Right. So that is their solace and their retreat. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, so just because it's messy doesn't make it wrong. Flipping it the other way, they're like, oh, I left my bedroom because it right. has structure. and, and Which and is how control. I feel about my bedroom. <laughs> right. Right. So it's, it's funny that you say that because I completely remember my mom as a kid. I, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a total mess, but I, I mean, I, there was clothes on the floor. And now as an adult, I have a very tidy room and I make my bed every morning and, and yeah. everything. So it's funny because I, I almost remember her saying, one day you're going to want your room clean. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you're right. But I, not right now. No, <laughs> no, but I reflectively, 
she was totally right. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I, we make our bed every morning and and we start our day with, you know, kind of that fresh, clean slate. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, and to think that, and I have to check myself on this all the time, who my children are today at 10, 11 and 14 years old does not necessarily reflect who they're going to be 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. And so that what your point is well made, you know, just because they, they have a messy room now doesn't mean they're going to be like pig pen when they're 35, mm-hmm. right? They are going to have a whole, just because they may not like something today doesn't mean they're not going to enjoy it later, yeah. right? You know, I wish that, you know, this, this one, my, one of my sons really liked documentaries, it's like, that doesn't mean when he's 35, he's not going to like documentaries. Right. Right. And so to remember, this is, there's a, this is a long game, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. this isn't like, everything has to be, you know, orchestrated today. And right now you have, there's a lot of interplay. There's a lot of years left <coughs> for lessons and you don't need to cram it all, you know, yeah. all into right now, which is also a tendency of mine. And, um, you know, the, through conversations like this and listening to other podcasts and, and gathering with friends, it's been a really wonderful experience for me personally to talk through how I show up in my own life for the own, my own family and the people I love because it brings a lot of awareness to my behaviors and why I act the way I act and how it impacts others. Mm-hmm. Even just today in this conversation, it's been a great reminder for me of letting go mm-hmm. um, and checking my expectations. I, I, I am not a Buddhist and I don't portend to be one. Um, I have done some reading, but I really appreciate the notion of detachment from expectation. Mm-hmm. Really, the, the Buddhist notion that suffering comes from attachment. Mm-hmm. And so in light of this conversation, when you're attached to an expectation, everyone will keep their room clean and someone doesn't, the suffering comes from the, the uh, incongruency of expectation and outcome and what the reality is. And right. That's, that's where we, we get upset and triggered and our emotional distress comes from. But, and so for me to think about detaching from what I expect from my family. <coughs> Kim's got a little cough going Sorry. on here. Um, but detaching from what I expect or hope or wish my kids will grow up to be or what they are versus who they really are and loving and appreciating them as they are right now um, and understanding that this is a long game and a process. This, mm-hmm. That's a, been a real... Um, this is a real work for me mm-hmm. right now. And especially now that they're getting older and really my oldest is 14. You're, you're a couple years ahead of me. You have a, what, 14, 15, 15 and 17, 17. Mm-hmm. but they're becoming their own people. Absolutely. And those people are not like, you know, when they're little, you get to tell them what to do and how to be pretty much. And now we're moving into the phase where they have their own lives and their own opinions and their own ideas. And that like legitimately conflicts sometimes with what my ideas and opinions are for them Mm -hmm. and letting go of that expectation and letting them be themselves, explore what that means. 
without feeling judgment, without feeling um, conditional love, um, because those are really damaging concepts. Really damaging, and it, it's, it's really interesting because I think so much about um, expectations and control, and you know, I, I think the first takeaway is to really self-check and flip flip that expectation as if someone was putting that on you because it doesn't feel so nice when you look at it that way. And when you look at your kids or your friendships or anything, you know, have more love for growth, hope for a bright future, curiosity, experimentation, ability to fail. Like those are all wonderful things, right? Expectation and control can get really, really heavy and the hard part about being on the receiving end of that is think of what it does to your relationships. Yeah. Because you're saying that glass in the sink is more important yeah. than you. Yeah. And I'm going to lose my shit over the fact that that glass is in the sink. Yep. I, I mean, it's heartbreaking. When we get stuck there and we all get stuck on things like that, you know, grades, you know, jobs, responsibilities, things like, I mean, they exist everywhere in our life, but, um, that's where, that's where it can really start to hurt. And in our lives, you know, friends that... And cause major damage in relationships, (laughs) like long-term lasting damage. Absolutely. Um... Sorry, you were saying about... No, I'm just saying even in in friendships, you know, if you're wishy-washy and you're showing up, you know, there's there's like a common societal expectation to be on time somewhere, right? But if you... If your friend always expects you to be late, you can't pretend that that doesn't damage your relationship, you know? So, So... so it, it's interesting how, you know, you can look at expectations that way. Maybe it's not an expectation. It's just kind of assumed that, you know, an appointment is an appointment, yeah. right? Um, but the way you show up on that failure, we'll say, and, and really lay down the seriousness of your expectations or controls on what time means to you, you can do a lot of damage when you lose your... You know, you lose your shit over that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think it's kind of coming from the uh, the edge of love. Right. And trying to create that that love and hope and growth for a person. Um, and communication. It comes down to communication. I was communication. just going to say it comes back to speaking your truth about... Yeah how something makes you feel, but also recognizing that your feelings are not the end all be all Mm -hmm. of everything. So yes, your friend being late may make you upset and feel, um, less than or less significant. Um, but, and that's valid and important. Um, but your feelings also aren't the only thing in the whole, in the realm of, of that relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to express it and, or, or the expectations with your children or your partner, um, being able to express, Hey, when this happens or when you do this, I really, I feel it this way. And that's why I get triggered or I get grumpy or I yelled at you or I shut myself down or whatever that your, your reaction to that is, um, 
but in the, it, you know, you, you communicate that within the context of the only thing I can control is my reaction to this, but I also would be remiss if I didn't tell you how it made me feel and why I'm reacting that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're in control of your response, mm -hmm. but it's also your responsibility to communicate to someone and say, Hey, when you're constantly late or Hey, when you never pick up your, your ski stuff, or you always leave your clothes on the floor, it makes me feel X, Y, or Z. You mm -hmm. need to be able to communicate that. The other person then has the choice of what they do with that information and how important making a shift in their behavior is. Um, so, you know, you, you owe them the responsibility of being honest with them, but you also owe yourself the responsibility of owning your, your reactions and behavior around that, mm -hmm. um, which is a, it's like the double whammy of responsibility. Yeah. So you can't hold someone else responsible for something that you haven't told them <laughs> right. about. Right. Right. They, right. they do not read your mind. <laughs> if they don't know how big of a deal it is to you, they don't know. Mm -hmm. So you have to share that, but not under the, Hey, you suck. Pick up your clothes. It's, Hey, when you leave your clothes out, it really triggers me because I get stressed out when the house is out of order. And I know that I get stressed out when the house is out of order and I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to let it trigger me, but I'm letting you know that you could help me by thinking about just putting the clothes in the laundry basket. Mm -hmm. That would help me a lot. So if you approach things from that perspective, mm -hmm. then it's less blaming and it's less controlling you're just communicating your needs. And then someone else has the opportunity and the option to react and act in a way that works for them. Um, but that's a sticky one. I'll yeah. argue that one a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. I will because, um, you know, let's say you, you come in and there's a coat hanging on a chair and it bothers you, right? Um, that's a control issue for you. Yeah. And maybe rather than communicating, hey, I want you to change your behavior for me because this is a control thing for me, you might just take that coat and put it on a hanger in the closet. Right. Because you're trying to control where that coat is. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a reason to communicate for sure. But the expectation to bend their behavior to meet your control is worth considering. Right. Well, <laughs> which is why I was saying it's a double-edged sword. Absolutely. You need to check your own reaction to it. <laughs> yeah. But I also don't, I mean, I agree with you. You're asking someone else to change their behavior because you have an issue with it. Yeah. But my, I guess, and I, I agree with that. It's negotiable. Co completely. Right. <laughs> but I think it's also important to communicate. Maybe the expectation isn't that you need to move that, you need to hang your coat in the closet and not put it on the chair. Mm -hmm. It's that for whatever reason, that bugs me. I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they say, well, what would work better for you? You can say, I would love it if you would hang it in the closet for whatever reason yeah, that helps me out. And then they can decide what they're doing. And then again, if it keeps coming on the chair, you can decide to move it. If it right. really matters that much to you. 
right? Yeah. And I think that that you you miss out on the communication piece when yeah. you don't share that. But again, it's not from the perspective of I need you to move this and put it in the closet because mm-hmm. it it stresses me out. Uh-huh. It's I'm not sure why this stresses me out so much or why it bugs me so much, but it does. And I'm working on that side for me. Right. But if it doesn't matter to you, you know, if it's really no skin off your back where you put your coat Mm -hmm. and you're happy to hang it in the closet, that would be great. (laughs) If for whatever reason that doesn't work for you and it still bugs me, well, then that's on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so it is. It's just, it's just communication. Yeah. It's. It's it's so interesting though, right? We, yeah. you know, and and <clears throat> after the tenth time of being asked over and over, you know, it's like, okay, am I going to just ruminate on this for the next hour, right? Or am I going to take the ten seconds and just put the and just where it. I want, it and then I'm over it? Or <laughs> right? Am I just going to let it freaking go? Yeah, or just let and it let go. the coat sit there mm-hmm. and just get over it because is it the end of the world? <laughs> Probably not. Yes. Nothing is the end of the world that we stress about and try to control. I know. At the end it's of the day. So funny. Um, yeah. And it is so interesting to remind, your, remind ourselves of those areas that we do this. And we try to control other people yeah. to make ourselves feel better and less anxious. Um, and we all have those things that give us anxiety, whatever it is. And we try to control other people's behavior around it. Um, this has been a really apropos and insightful conversation for me personally. I hope the listeners out there, I hope you guys <laughs> listening have enjoyed this this kind of dialogue that Kim and I have had. I personally get a lot out of these conversations. I'm literally, we are off the cuff, just so you all know. I mean, Kim and I, I have a blank sheet of paper sitting in front of me and these dialogues are basically talk therapy for us to work through our own issues, but they're issues that I think everyone out there listening can relate to. And Mm -hmm. so I hope that through listening to us, it's almost as if you're sitting in the room drinking coffee with us. Yeah. Please pour some coffee and and drink when you're listening. (laughs) Maybe our new title should be coffee talk. Um, Yeah. But I think that's taken. I might be taken already. I know. Dang SNL. But it's that idea that you're sitting there with us Mm -hmm. engaging in this and maybe you have your own points that you would like to interject. And we'd love to hear from you on that. Um, Because I think that the goal for us, the point of this for us is to share these conversations with other people so that you too can think through them and process them and hopefully take away some benefit towards your life, some insight that you have about yourself. Yeah. And no, you're not alone. If you struggle with these issues, like I said, we all struggle with them. You are not alone. And all (laughs) it is, is work and life is work. You know, we're all here to just practice, practice until we, um, you know, grow a little bit, fail a little bit. Yep. And hopefully maintain a wonderful curiosity about life and, so one of the takeaways that I'm going to throw out there, um, being a yoga teacher, you know, we use this a lot in class um, where people show up and they show up to class with expectations. My body's going to move this way. I'm going to do this rockin' warrior two or whatever. I'm going to look a certain way yeah, in the mirror. I'm gonna, right. Right. And you have, you're surrounded by people that you might, you know, catch you in your eye and you're with. comparing yourself. So. So expectations and controls, you know, when you're in a yoga class, it, it's very, very important to let go of that stuff and just show up on your mat the way that um, 
but you personally want to show up and your body shows up. So it's, it, I love the concept of, you know, how that applies to um, how I teach my yoga classes, constantly reminding people of that. For me, one of the big takeaways from this conversation um, with you and your incredible guidance, Kim, is the, the idea of, you know, flipping what that expectation that you have on someone else looks like if it were to have been placed on you. Mm -hmm. If you were living in a home that someone had that expectation of you and made you feel controlled or that their love was conditional or um, you you weren't welcome or a part of unless you operated in a certain way, um, I I think that that's a real eye-opener for me. So as a takeaway... Um, that's a great exercise or a tool when you're finding yourself in that situation, um, flipping the script and seeing what that would feel like to be on the other side is, is a great reminder of, you know, is this a reasonable expectation? Am I, and even if it is a reasonable expectation, am I communicating it that way? You know, am I yelling and screaming because I need someone to do something? But uh, is that really the way you would want it to be received you know, from your end. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, reflecting on that is, is a huge message I'm taking away from this conversation. So I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that very, very much. This has been super helpful for me personally. So, um, you know, when I walked up to Kim, we're, we're recording in Kim's dining room right now. And when I walked up to the door this morning and she opened the door, I, I don't know if you were brushing your tea. Oh no, you were eating a salad or something. And you just looked at me and said, expectations and control. I was like, yes, (laughs) thank you. That's today. That's what we're going to talk about. And so I hope that you all have um, taken something away from this conversation and feel as if you're just part of a conversation with friends, Mm -hmm. that you have something to contribute and share, that you've taken something away um, with this just casual, casual talking through our lives together. Yeah, and the, the, the takeaway that I'm going to add to that is, you know, when you, when you find um, that you can identify that you're trying to control something or that, it, you know, you're seeing that expectation take place, uh, just try to take some breaths and really calm yourself down and, and, and get in tune with what is really going on. Yep. You know, because it might just be that you're overwhelmed. Yep. Um, that's what happened to me this morning. Just a lot of things just happened all at once. <laughs> and I just was like, why? Like, God, oh, God know? take me away. My poor, wonderful husband. Oh my gosh. He's like, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, really? You're asking that question? Right. <laughs> you know, let me pull out the laundry list of, right. you know, all of the stupid little tasks that I feel are so vitally important for today. Right. It's just ridiculous. And it was just because um, I had this morning of expectations and control trying to really, yeah. So I had to, I had to like, once everybody left, I had to just slow down and take some breaths and really just calm down be like this. It's all good. It's all okay. Yep. You know, and it was very helpful as well. So, Great. Um, you know, just that counting to 10, taking those 10 deep, deep, deep breaths um, and calming yourself down can really help. And it can help 
you know, relax the body and the mind. Yeah. So um, I hope that you really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, feel free to, you know, send us uh, any reviews or please like our podcast. <laughs> um, and any topics, like always, that you want us to cover, please share with us and have a wonderful day. Just let it go. Try to relax. Let it go. Let it go. Let I know. It go. We won't torture you with that. But <laughs> thanks for listening, you guys. Have an amazing day. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye.